Let's turn to the scriptures. Genesis chapter 19. 15 to 26. when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you'll be swept away. But Lot said to them, No, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes. And you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I'll die. Look, here's a, here's a town near enough to run to. And it is small. Let me flee to it. It's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of. But flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That's why the town was called Zoar. But the time, by the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak to us. We thank you for what you're going to do in us, for us, and through us, Father. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we bind them in Jesus' name, and we declare the victory of the Lord. Thank you for your anointing that breaks the yoke. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, What's in a Look? What's in a Look? Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, what's in a look? Well, actually a lot. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's a lot in the look, all right? I'm going to read two more, two verses that we already read, and then we'll get into the, the scriptures. Verse 17 goes like this. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, es escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in all the plain, escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. 26, but his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Praise the Lord. What's in a look? Well, every look has meaning behind it. There is casual looks, and there are looks that are loaded. Praise the Lord. Amen. I visit people's home. When I visit people's home and when I interact with people, sometimes I see the wives would be a little apart and they just look at their husbands and that's it. The man would freeze on the spot. You know? Then there are encouraging looks. Then there are prompting looks. So people, each look, it carries different meaning behind it. When you look at the Bible, the Bible also talks about different kinds of looks. And as I was preparing this message, I just went through and I saw there are so many looks and I want to just, just call them out. 
you know, we are talking about Lot and his family. The Bible says here, Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. But we see that their journey into this city started with a look. And this is how it's mentioned, Genesis 13, 10. Lot looked around and saw the whole plain of the Jordan towards Zor was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. So it, this whole episode, this whole life journey exclusively for Lot and his family started with a look. It's true that Lot was with Abraham when Abraham started. But eventually in the journey, Lot picked up his own family and he had his own family. But when they parted, this particular chapter in their lives starts with a look. So this was a look of choice that Lot had made in his life. Moses also looked. Moses looked here and there to make sure no one was watching. I think in our lives, we also have this look. The look to make the right good choice. Praise the Lord. Young men and young ladies, I think they are always looking. Looking to find the right boy, looking to find the right girl. And you know, we want to make the right choice. But like Moses, I don't know if anyone has been looking here and there to make sure that nobody is looking so that when nobody is looking, you can do something that you don't want anyone to know. Moses did that, you know. Abraham once looked up as God prompted him to look up. Praise the Lord. Abraham was waiting on the promises of God. Praise God. God comes to him and says, look up. Look up at the stars. And God told him as he gave the promise, he says, you know, see if you can count those stars. If you can count those stars, your descendants is going to be like that. So Abraham looked at the stars and he envisioned each star as one of his descendants smiling back at him. Sometimes you and I have to lift up our eyes and look up into the skies and see the promises of God written up, praise God, like a PowerPoint presentation. The skies being God's, hallelujah, screen. And you see God's writing on the screen, the promises of God for you and for me. Praise God. And Abraham was such a man. Where very wealthy man. This man was filthy rich. Praise God. Yet the Bible says he lived intense because he was looking up 
to that city, the city which who God was the architect and builder, the city with foundation. Wow, praise God. When people are looking always down here, when people's look are always downward, a God's child should be lifting up their eyes and looking yonder. Praise God. Don't let the things, the glamour and the glitter of this world keep your vision down. But hallelujah, lift up your eyes up to the skies and see what God has in store for you. This can be a telescope, praise God. Using the telescope, hallelujah, of God's word, you look yonder beyond what eyes can see into the invisible realm through the scripture and see what God, the invisible one, has for you. Praise God. Elijah sent his servant to look to see when the manifestation of prayer was going to come through. Praise God. Sometimes we have to look and look and look for the manifestation of that which you've been asking God. Praise God. Like Elijah, he, you might like, like his servant, you might have to go back again and again and again and again and again till you see the manifestation, the answer of prayer. Praise God. Rising up from the horizon, giving you the assurance that God is going to send the rain that he's, that you've been praying for. Hallelujah. The other day I was with one of the young men in this church and I asked him, what are you praying for? And I was so surprised and so, so excited. You know what he said? He said, I am praying for a revival. I said, wow, praise God. Hallelujah, I don't know how many of us are praying for a revival. A young man in this church, he's praying. He's saying, I am praying for a revival. And I believe that God will send a revival in this island. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what the psalmist says? Those who look to their Lord, their faces were radiant. Praise God, lift up your hallelujah sights. Look to Jesus. Look to the Lord. Because when you do, there is a reflection. Hallelujah. Upon your face. What you see up there, it's going to reflect on your face. The Bible says, and their face were radiant and they were not ashamed. Praise God. This is what God told Isaiah. This is what he said. Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. This morning, I don't know what you're looking at, but I'll tell you, this is what God is saying. He says, look unto me. Praise God. Salvation is from me. Deliverance is from me. Healing is from me. Praise God. Blessing is from me. Paths are open from me. Doors are open through me. Look to Jesus. Look to God. Not just, just you and me. All the ends of the earth. For there is 
is none like the God that I serve. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The writer of Hebrews puts it like this. Looking unto the author and the perfecter of our faith. Praise God. What's in a look? There is a lot in a look. Looks can be loaded. Praise God. Looks can determine your destiny. Looks, hallelujah, will determine your destination this morning. Look to God. Look to Jesus. He will rewrite your destiny. He will rewrite your story. He will attach your story with his story. Praise God. The world may look at you and say, you are history. No. Look to Jesus. God will turn your history around for he's going to connect your history to his story. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look what the scripture says. We know the story behind this. You know, and Abraham elsewhere stood in the gap for his nephew and prayed out to God. And just because this one man prayed, God decided he's going to send forth his angels. Two angels goes into Lot's place. You know what happened. And early in the morning, God sent these two angels, gets this family out. And they are out because God is ready to send the judgment. Wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. Praise God. The Lord had told Lot and his wife and his family to escape to the mountains and not to look behind. Praise God. You know, it's very interesting. As I read that words, you know, you see a haggle going on. A haggle between Lot and the angels. Now, God was very merciful to this family. Very merciful. I don't know if you remember. There was a time where their kings came, ransacked Sodom and Gomorrah. And these guys were taken captive. Abraham got the word and he went behind them and rescued them. Now, this is a very a, a, a catastrophic destruction that's coming. God sends his angels because of Abraham. The Bible says God remembered Abraham. And literally early morning, this is what the Bible says, two angels got hold of Lot's hand, Lot's wife's hand, his two daughters, and kind of dragged them out of that city. Rush, hurry, hurry, hurry. And told them, go up to the mountain. That's where you're going to be safe. But what do you see? You see Lot haggling around. Lot is haggling with this, with the angels. Praise God. Hallelujah. In telling Lot to go up to the mountain, God wanted to keep them secure and safe. Praise God. As a family, he wanted to protect them for Abraham's sake. And God was telling them, go up to the mountain. When you read the scripture, you will find that God has always called people up to the mountain. Praise God. So many references in the scripture where God calls people up to the mountain. You see the scripture. Isn't it interesting to see? 
with Abraham who was ready to sacrifice his son, God is calling you and me up to the mountain, the mountain of devotion. Praise God. From time to time, God will call you and me and he'll say, come up to the mountain. Praise God. Let me see your heart. Open your heart and show it to me. Do you love me more than anything and everything else? Praise God. Have you been to that mountain where God asks you to bear your heart open and show it to him that he is truly the lover of your soul? Praise God. Hallelujah. With the Israelites, he told them to come up so that he can give them the commandments. And likewise, God often calls us up to give instructions to us. But when we come to the New Testament, the Old Testament Israelites were called to Mount Sinai for the commandments. In the New Testament, you and I have been beckoned to come up to Mount Zion. God wants us to be having that new covenant. Praise God. Hallelujah. With Moses, God called Moses to come up to the Mount Pisgah so that he can have a look into the promised land. Likewise, God calls you and me up to the mount, the mount of vision to see yonder the promises that God has for you and for me. Like Elijah, he called, hallelujah, up to the mountain, mountain of Mount of Carmel. Likewise, God calls you and me to the mount of Carmel. Praise God, the mount of prayer and passion. Praise God. When was the last time you had a passionate prayer? When was the last time you had a passionate cry to the Lord? When was the last time you engaged with God in a passionate manner? When was the last time you broke off ritual and tradition and entered into a passionate plea with God? When was the last time you had a travailing prayer on Mount Carmel with God? Hallelujah. With Peter, James, and John, God is calling us up to the Mount of Transfiguration where you and I can see the glory of God. Oh, praise God. How often God desires that you and I can see, behold, the glory of God. No one who ever saw the glory of God remain the same. One look into the glory of God can change the very outlook of your life. If you've not seen anything as God, let me see your glory. Like Moses, Lord, let me see your glory. These three saw the transfiguration and saw the glory of God. Praise God. Of all the mount that God calls us, he calls you and me to Mount Calvary. Praise God. 
what do you see on mount calvary you see the love of god exhibited on that cross hallelujah god beckons you and me to come up to mount calvary so that you and i can see the love of god praise god if abraham was called up to that mount moriah so that god could see what was in him praise god he calls you and me to mount calvary the very mount to show you praise god how much he loves you and me praise god hallelujah mount calvary is a place praise god where you see the cross it reminds us the death to self praise god you don't only see jesus hanging on the cross showing how much he loves you and me it also reminds us death to self a christian cannot live a christian life without death to self praise god the self has to die and so god calls us again and again saying come to mount calvary praise god hallelujah but oftentimes we are reluctant to climb the mount the mountain that god's calling us praise god we are reluctant quite often we like to hang around the plains praise the lord because that's where the activity is the mountain top is a lonely place the mountain there is no crowd there there is no one up there you're all by yourself and that's what god wants he wants all of you he wants all of yours what does that means he says give me all that you are the undivided attention quite often on the plains we have time set apart yet there is so much distraction the phones are ringing the whatsapp messages are coming praise god people are calling us there is so much distraction but god beckons us to come up to the mountain praise god you know coming to lot lot was fearful god was telling him to go to the mountain lot did not want to go to the mountain he started haggling with god like like lot quite often you and me don't we haggle with god don't we say lord no not the mountain not the mountain no 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 not the mountain i don't think i can make the mountain let me go to this this the small city there's a small city i think that city is good quite often don't we tell god what's good for us don't we tell god what's good for us how often we tell god no 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 that's too far i can't climb that let me tell you if god is telling you to go to the mountain praise god that's the best place for you that's the best place for you your wisdom and my wisdom is limited 
Our insight and our foresights are limited. He knows what's in that small city. And he knows if he tells you to go to that mountain, two things. Two things. One, you might think that you cannot make the mountain. But he will give you strength to climb the mountain. Praise God. You might think that you are too weak to climb that mountain, but he will give you the strength to climb the mountain. Number two, he will give you the provision for the mountain. Praise God. Lot haggled with God. Praise God. Let me tell you something. And this is a word of revelation to someone who's watching. When you haggle with God, when you haggle with God, you get the second best. Don't haggle with God. If God is telling you to do something, don't haggle with him. Every time you try to bargain with God, you only get the second best. Praise God. So Lot haggled with God, with, with the angels. So what did the angels do? See, that's something about God. In the original plan of God, Zor will be wiped out. When you read, read as you read on past 26, you will find out that's the original plan of God. The original plan of God was to wipe out Zor. But for the sake of Lot, God spared Zor. Haggling with God has a price tag to it. Praise God. Haggling with God has a price tag attached to it. When you haggle with God, that's not the best for you. Praise God. Settle for what God is offering you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Shall we move on? You know, the Bible says, That this lot haggled and the angel said, okay, you know, you can go to the city and, uh, you know, I will, I will wait till you enter the city. So look, the angels waited for the, for that, for the judgment of God to come. And, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah came down. Now as fire and brimstone rained from the skies, the Bible says, Lot's wife, she looked back. The instructions were clear. Press on, run up to the mountains. Don't look back. See, when you bargain, you make exceptions. And then when you make exceptions, what happens is, you take lightly the command of God. Listen to me. When you bargain, you make exceptions. When you keep making exceptions, what happens is you take the command of God lightly. That's what happened. So what? God told us to go to the mountain. We didn't go to the mountain. We're going to the city. So God told us not to look back. So what? I'm going to look back. She looked back and the Bible says she became a pillar of salt. So what's in a look? <laughs> a lot. 
lot. Listen. The angels got Lot, his wife, and the two daughters out of Sodom. But the angels could not get Sodom out of her heart. Listen to me. The angels physically dragged them out of Sodom. But one thing the angels could not do was get Sodom out of her heart. Sodom is a picture of the word. When we are so immersed in the word, when you are so, the world saturates your life, when the world takes over your thinking, your time, your talents, your trinkets, your treasures, when the world has a grip on it, even when you try to shake it out, there is a hand that clings on the inside that don't want to let you go. That's why the scripture says, the love with the world is an enmity with God. The world and his desires will pass away, but he who does the will of God shall live forever. My friend, when God has pulled you and me out of the world, let me ask you if there is a pull from the world that's beckoning you, that's pulling you back, that's alluring you. When God is telling you, get out of the world, come to the mountain, what is pulling you back? Hallelujah. Why did she look back? Do you think it was a casual glance? I don't think it was a casual glance. It was a look of probably a look of regret of all the things that was given up. <laughs> or was it a look of longing? Longing back for everything that was there. There was a pilot who was flying a plane. He was a commercial pilot. Every time he used to fly, you know, over the top of the Appalachian Mountains, he would look at one spot on the earth. And because it's a commercial pilot, you know, he's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So this pilot, every time he's flying over one particular spot over the Appalachian Mountain, he would look down to one particular spot like this. So the co-pilot one day asked, hey, what's down there? Why are you always looking down? What's in that spot? The pilot smiled and said, you know, you see that little stream down there? That's where I used to sit on a log and I used to fish. When I used to fish, I used to look up. And every time I saw the plane flying by, I used to say to myself, I wish I could fly. But now that I'm flying, I'm looking down and I'm thinking how I wish I could be down there fishing. This is what happens to most of us. When you are down and under, we look 
with great aspirations and ambitions. And when God lifts us up, he takes us to new heights. And when we are zooming and soaring through the skies, there are times we look down and we desire for those old experiences. My friend, where are you looking today? <laughs> what are you looking at? Praise God. As God lifted you up, praise God. From the guttermost to the uttermost, from the pit of sin to the seated in high places with Christ Jesus, yet are you longing, thirsting, for that old lifestyle, praise God. Nothing wrong in fishing, praise God. But if it's a lifestyle that's gonna push you away from God, from the high and lofty experience, you gotta recheck your look. See what you're gazing at, praise God. The Bible says, look unto the author and the perfecter of your faith. I'm not done, but I don't have the time to finish it, so I will pick it up again. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Praise God. What's there in a look? There's a lot of things in that look. Praise God. This, as a year is coming to an end, God wants us to look ahead. Praise God. God wants you to look ahead. God wants you to look into the future. God wants you to look beyond. Praise God. But are you looking backwards? Praise God. Something where your progress is being hindered. If so, today, redirect your gaze and look to Jesus. Praise God. We're going to close our eyes. We're going to pray as the choir is going to sing. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are going to sing now. Praise God. Hallelujah. All eyes closed. Father, we are grateful to you. Lord, help us to understand what is it that you are calling for. You're calling us into the mountains. You want us to have a mountain experience, but how often we settle for the plains, Father. Oh God, help us to take our eyes off the world, the glamour and the glitter of the world because it's temporary. Help us to put our eyes on you, looking unto, hallelujah, that city with foundation whose architect and builder is God. Bless us in Jesus' name.